welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Podcast truth. (laughs) Sometimes my guests are well-planned. The episodes vary from week to week. It's great. And sometimes the stars fall where they may, and my office is a revolving door of hectic and or serendipity. Proof of this is the fact that I've done a couple of solo episodes, as in no guest. (laughs) August so far has been serendipity. My guest last week was a woman who, after much soul searching and discussion with her husband, pulled the plug on a job in a toxic workplace. Part of that discussion, though, was the thought that some women can't afford to be incumbless for even a short while to transition to something else, to something else in air quotes. Today's guest popped into my inbox recently. She had some questions for me concerning a project she was working on, and I promptly, smart woman that I am, turned it around and asked her to be a guest on Two Boomer Women. Now, I promise this episode will be about her and what she's doing, but think woman entrepreneur. And I'm thinking part of last week's episode is a really great segue into parts of today's chat. Marina Derlich, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us what you do. Hi, I'm Marina Derlich, and I... Oh, I said, you know, I always start before I hit the record, and I say, well, how do I pronounce your name? And I knew how to pronounce your last name. I didn't think about... So it's Marina? Yeah, Marina. Okay. So do you want to do that little intro again? No, I'm going to leave this in. Oh, Okay. I'm Marana Derlich, and I help women 45 and over who are transitioning from employee to entrepreneur succeed at one of the biggest hurdles they will face, the sales conversation. I think that's one of the scariest things entrepreneurs have to do. And if you don't come from a, a background of sales or having had multiple businesses, when you go into this world, that's often the stop- showstopper. You can't find clients because you can't talk to people and you can't have a sales conversation. So that's what I help women with. And I find that is such a common thread amongst the women that I speak to who are, you know, especially in this online space. It's, uh, yeah, really, really basic question, Morena, now that I know how to pronounce your name. Are entrepreneurs born or can the concept be learned, I don't know, modeled, persuaded, I'm not trying to be vague. Do entrepreneurs know they want to be such or can the suggestion be presented to them, discussed, and then become a great and perhaps even embraced fact? I think entrepreneurs can be, entrepreneurship can be learned. I think there are people who 
just know they want to be entrepreneurs and they already have the mindset going for them that makes being in that space a lot easier. But for others who, like the woman of your last week's episode, who decide, I cannot be in this work any longer. I need to find something else to do. That They can certainly learn it. It's It may be a little harder because they're coming up against internal beliefs uh, that could make it difficult for them. Sabotage them. Yeah, sabotage them. But that can be, that can be changed. And so I, I, I think anybody who wants to become an entrepreneur, I think, can if they're willing to do the inside growth that's necessary. Interestingly, yeah, last week's guest, <laughs> you just said growth, I almost said growth. Uh, last week's guest decided that she once she settled all the turmoil inside of herself that she could find a way to embrace retirement. So she did that. But, you know, part of our discussion was the fact that many women, especially single women, often cannot just sort of retire. Uh, they do need that plan B. Um, and especially when getting out of a toxic workplace is so important. But anyways, I, I just wanted to sort of talk about the entrepreneur thing, uh, because that's who you talk to. And I think it's such a such a good option. And I know I'm certainly enjoying doing my own thing. I also like to say to women that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. And in fact, in the beginning, it's probably much, much easier if it's not all or nothing, that you have safety nets for yourself, that you start small, that you explore some options, because it's it's a different, different place from being an employee. You basically have to do everything, in a sense, yourself. You're bringing in your clients, you're doing all the marketing, all the sales, all the management. There's There's nobody else doing that until you get a little bigger and you can then hire people to help you with that. But in the meantime, it's you. Well, really good point, you know, for for women who they're not in a toxic workplace, they quite like their job, but the thought of being an entrepreneur is really attractive. Then you can get your feet wet, you can get in there and just test the waters and learn what you need to learn while still having your original income. But also for the people in a toxic workplace, I would say, based on my own experience, is that as you start to plan and, you know, you you sort of think, well, what can I do? How do I do it? That sort of thing. It's very exciting. And that might just alleviate some of the pressure of that other job, knowing that, okay, I can put up with that because I'm having so much fun here. Yes. Yes, it is. It is exciting. And, and, and it's also a, a very big picture thing, because if you decide you're going to leave your employment and you still need income, then there are many things to think about in your financial world, in your health world, in your relationship world. All of those come into play and need to be investigated rather than just, you know, leaping into the deep waters of entrepreneurship. I really like it when my guests come up with concepts that because I'm living my own life, I don't think about, but as you say, relationships, I'm single. I don't have to talk to anybody about my decisions, (laughs) (laughs) but I could see that, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, especially, you know, for a woman who's 45, 50 plus, 
if there's a spouse around, then yeah, that might need to be part of the discussion. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start at the beginning. A woman is an employee. She's decided to become an entrepreneur. The passion, the dreams can be easier than the execution. And I know you talk about outside work and inside work. Talk to us about the outside work first, because I think that's easier to figure out. I call the outside work all the skills you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. The marketing, the sales, the management, the developing the systems of taking care of your financial part and delivering your product or service, all of those things. The business, the business part. Probably unless unless you are brand new to the field that you're going into, you already are bringing your professional skills with you. So let's just be simple. Suppose you decide to be an accountant on your own. Well, you're already an accountant. What you need to look, understand what, how to do is how to be a businesswoman and an accountant. So. All those business things are what I call outside skills, but it could encompass your professional skills too. So so things like sales, marketing, correct me if I'm wrong, but that can all be learned, I think. Yes, yes. All of that can be learned. And once, once you get your business going, that also can be, you can hire people to do parts or maybe all of it, depending on what level your business is at. Right. However, I think you really need to start with you understanding how to do that and to get to get going. Right. Yeah. I I think that yeah it does give you a good overview or a good inside view maybe is a, is a better word of the business when you can do those skills and then you can also put your expectations, your requirements on to the next person if you're able to hire someone to do those jobs. So Right. You can better describe what it is you want or how it is you want it done or what your expectations are. And if you've never done it, then it's sort of hard to know that you're hiring the right person to do the job for you. Okay. Inside work. What what do you mean by that? Okay. Inside work is I was about to say all the rest of it. Well, <laughs> well that works. <laughs> Explain all the rest of it, please. <laughs> I'm going to interject here before you answer. You and I have talked before. I think we spend half of our time laughing with each other. That's why I, I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I do enjoy laughing, and I have had fun laughing with you, Agnes. So that's good. So the inside work is what's going on in your head. Do you believe you can become an entrepreneur? Do you believe you have the capability to learn what you need to learn to become an entrepreneur? Are you willing to give yourself the time that it will take to become an entrepreneur? It's not an overnight thing, despite the stuff you see on the internet. And those those beliefs, those stories you tell yourself We'll get into a, a little more about some of the other things, but that's all that's all inside work if you if your language is all about uh, well, I can't do this, nobody in my family ever did this. How am I supposed to do it? That puts up a block for you if you're terrified of 
of learning new things and experimenting, that puts up a block. So that's, that's the inside work. I, I think of being an entrepreneur as self-development journey, and you can go so far to say it's a spiritual journey. It's the growth of yourself as a human being and how you want to express what's most important to you, your values, how you want to be in the world, what you want to bring forth into the world. It's not, it's not just a business. If you go at it as just a business, I think, first of all, it won't be much fun. And second of all, it'll be a lot harder because you will have neglected all those important things like values and beliefs and the creation part that you want to want to have come forth from you. So, so with some of the inside work then, for example, in a previous life, I played small with a business idea because I felt like the young people graduating with degrees in the field, and there were no degrees in the field when I'd started. Anyways, they would easily outshine me and all my informal learning and my undocumented training and my experience. Is playing small common? <laughs> and if you say no, I hope I can come up with another question quickly. <laughs> no, playing small is very common. And I think it's the uh, result of the bigger issues, uh, bigger inside issues that I have found in talking with women, self-doubt, afraid to be seen, which is fear of criticism or judgment or looking foolish or failing. And a really big one is losing belonging in whatever family, tribe, community that's important to them. Wherever it is, they get their identity. So if you think that what you are doing or what you're saying or promoting is going to get you thrown out of your tribe, well, sorry, you're not going to do it, period. That's it. So you have to come... I mean, if this is something that you really, really believe in and you think is really important, then you have to bring those two parts of you into alignment before you can go forward. So playing small is just a result of these other issues going on in the background. So so perhaps then part of the discussion, you know, I mean, I talked about talking with a, a spouse if you have one, but... Sometimes just having those discussions, I guess, with your tribe, as you put it, uh, you know, the people around you that may or may not believe you could or should, or you may be, be betraying them by doing it. You need to have those conversations too then, I guess, do you? I say yes and no. It depends on what your relationships are like with that tribe. If, if they really have your best interests at heart, and they want you to be happy, and they want you to grow as a human being, then probably you can have the conversations, and they will come around, and they they will give you their support. If they're, they're so fixed on what will other people think or say, or who do you think you are to want to do something like this, they're probably never going to support you, and it's better to go find a new tribe and do the best you can to, you know, mesh 
what you're doing with the tribe you're in and being supported by the tribe you're finding. Some people, I'm sorry to say, have to just stop talking about what it is they're doing to the tribe that birthed them. Um, It's just easier that way. As you were saying that, I was judging that tribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you really loved me, no, I'm just kidding, but I'm I'm simplifying it. But (laughs) well, it's true, and and sometimes people can can say, okay, I I do really love you, and you believe you need to do this, so okay, I'm going to help you in whatever way I can. And other people cannot get past that. You're betraying us, you're, you're shaming us, you're, you know, letting us down, you're dishonoring us, whatever stories are going on in their head, they're trying to put in your head, and that makes it impossible for you to move forward. So that's more inner work. That's more inside work to be taken care of. And it doesn't mean you have to throw those people out of your life. You just have to approach it differently. I, I I think of it as looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> if you're looking for love in the places where people really believe in you and really want to support you, that's great. If you're looking for love from the people who are more concerned about how they look and how they feel and not whether you're getting to be the kind of human being you want to be, that's the wrong place to look for love. Now, the other thing that comes to mind for me is procrastination. And I never, ever <clears throat> lie, um, <laughs> engage in procrastination. But can you speak to that demon? And I'm going to call it a demon because it really is. It is a demon. And I use procrastination as an indicator. If somebody is experiencing procrastination, what they are experiencing is inner conflict. They've one part of them or several parts of them want to do something one way and another part or several parts want to do it another way. Uh, Maybe the goals even seem completely different. And until you can deal with that conflict and bring the person into internal alignment. That uh, procrastination is, is going to be a, a showstopper. It can be, it can be really horrible. I've experienced, I was going to say mind numbing. It's not really mind numbing. It's just, it's like hitting a brick wall there. there you, you, you want to do something and you can't seem to bring yourself to do it. And instead you're doing a bunch of other little things, either, either busy work or uh, what I call self-medication. Um, you're streaming, you're eating, you're, you know, doing social media, you're cleaning, you're sorting your bedroom, whatever, but it's not what you really need to be doing. And all of that is just because you want to get away from the feelings of conflict that are inside of you. And so if you redirect your thinking to something else, well, the feelings sort of subside, you don't have to deal with them, and you can go on. But until you bring yourself into alignment, that procrastination is just going to keep popping up and popping up. 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned busy work too, because I know that there's times when I get involved in busy work and I mean, it, it's all work and it all helps the business sort of, but you know, like making things pretty or touching yeah. up something, you right. know, it's, yeah, it's all about the business. I'm working in my business, mm-hmm. but it doesn't move the needle on my business. Right. I think I'm so talking myself into being a client. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That, that would be a good conversation. <laughs> so sometimes that what you describe about like making things pretty or making things better, that can be the, you know, the perfectionist coming out with who, and that part of you is, is afraid to be seen. You know, if I, if I don't have this perfect, if I don't have it just right, somebody's going to say something and ultimately my feelings are going to be hurt and that's what you're trying to avoid sometimes doing the the extra stuff is just pure avoidance you know well if i you know i'm good at spreadsheets so i'll just do all this spreadsheet work but that isn't getting me any farther towards having client conversations or networking with people or all those other really uncomfortable things that i don't want to be doing so again, it's inner conflict. It's another indicator of inner conflict. I'm starting to feel like I'm on the therapist's couch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's quit talking about me. What other inside issues do you see in your practice? Well, there's, there are several ums you can get rid of. <laughs> I take out take out really long pregnant pauses too. Oh, <laughs> I shorten them up. <laughs> I think the things that I mentioned in the beginning are are the are the biggest ones. The the self doubt, the the who am I, the you know, I've got I've gotta make this perfect or you know, somebody's gonna criticize me. They're all it's all image issues and fear that something is going to harm you if you continue down this road if you just do it if you just just experiment throw it up there see what happens people say i love it i hate it or this is stupid that that's just so scary there are some people who are comfortable with that they have a comfortable enough sense of themselves that if the outside world says they don't like it they say oh okay well i like it so i'm going to continue or you don't like it and i want you to be my audience so what do you like or what is it that you need that i could provide and so I go back to the drawing board and, and hopefully figure out how to provide that to you by talking to you. But it's image. It's self-image. Well, what I'm also hearing is is probably the, the fact that, it, you know, we're entrepreneurs. We're these single-person businesses. This is almost like birthing a baby in some ways. You're creating something that's close to your heart. But being able to separate, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
you know, when somebody comes along and says, well, this isn't what I'm looking for, or, you know, well, it, you're close, but that's not what I'm looking for. The, just the ability to separate the product from your soul. <laughs> you know, so they're not saying you're bad, you don't work. They're saying this particular product or service isn't quite right for me. And hopefully they are nice enough to say it in a, you know, in a kind way. Right. But they're not saying that you're not. Worthy. Right. And that is probably one of another very big issue for entrepreneurs, particularly beginning entrepreneurs, separating their creation from themselves because it really is like giving birth. Yeah. You've 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 put all your heart and soul into this thing that you that you think the world really needs, and then the world tells you, Well, I don't need that. And you're heartbroken. Perhaps that fine line, too, between giving it to people who don't need it and finding the people who do need it. That, too. Yes. Yes. Instead of just thinking that whatever you have is for all of the world, um, being very discerning in what it is you do and who you can help. So there's there that would that would be part of the outside work that i would i would describe in in learning enough about in being able to very specifically say this is what i do and this is who i do it with so that people can say oh i'm in that category or i'm not and that helps you figure out who you can help if you're saying i can help anybody or this is great for anybody then you're going to find you first of all you won't know where to look and second of all you're going to find a lot of people who say well I don't need it because they don't even know what it is you really do the more you talk the more i'm thinking that after today i'm going to sit down and i'm going to come up with another half dozen semi intelligent questions have you back on podcast you're going to solve all my problems oh i'd love to <laughs> i love solving problems <laughs> But I believe you're trying to build a business, too. Um, okay. So I, I think what I'm hearing is it's it's mindset. Like, all these things fall under the umbrella of mindset. Is that right? Right. And I, I've been thinking hard about how to enlarge the word mindset because I think it's it's more than that. For me, mindset has become too narrow a concept. People talk about limiting beliefs, internal blocks, and I think the rest of a person's life really needs to be brought into whatever it is they're birthing in their entrepreneurship. They need their values. They need their vision of what they want their life to look like. They need their relationships to all of this. And then you put it all together and you come up with something. And and it's not it's not that you have to have this all sorted before you start. You'd never get started if you tried to do that. What you need to be aware of is that all these things come into play. So you you work on whatever is your the stumbling block right in front of you. And it could be your your beliefs about whether you're capable of doing this or not. Or it could be that you're trying to create something that 
is completely unaligned with your values, or you're thinking that that the kind of business that you'll wind up creating is going to consume all of your time and you will have no time for your relationships. And so then you stop yourself because you think, oh, if I grow my business, all my relationships will disappear. So it's, there are many moving parts and that's why I think mindset is too small a word. Sometimes I talk about heart set and gut set because they're, it's, it's really what's going on in the very foundation of you as a human being and what, and how you want to be in the world. As you were saying that mindset wasn't quite the word I was thinking, it's almost like a a self set. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Self set. I'll have to play with that. Yeah. But I think one thing I just want to, because it's easy to get into the, the problems that can come up and this and that and the next thing. Some people, may have none of these. Some people may breeze through to entrepreneurship. Other people may have one or two. I think what maybe needs to be said is that by talking about many of the issues today, many of the inside issues today, is that if somebody's thinking of taking this journey, if it comes up, it's like, oh, right. You know, Marena talked about this. It's natural. I better call her up and have her help me through it. But it's not, it's not a complete roadblock. It's not a brick wall. It's just a bump in the road. Yes. Yes. These are all bumps in the road. If you're willing to grow, if you're willing to explore what's keeping you stuck, they're all bumps in the road. And they're going to be more bumps as you get to higher levels of your business. And what you need to remember is to look back and say, wow, Look at all those bumps I came over and where I am now. Even though the bump in front of you seems pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. I think knowing how far you've come often makes the next bump easier to traverse because you've done it so many times that it's just like, I've just got to figure out how, or if I need to find someone to help me figure out how. Right. And you'll start to learn your style of, going through these these inner bumps you know how much rest and rejuvenation you need how much external support you need the maybe the the tools that you like to use the best to help you through some of the smaller ones or maybe even the big ones if you're willing to pay attention you'll start developing a whole toolbox full of stuff that you can use to help your help yourself as you you know, face higher and higher challenges. Right. I I think most of our listeners know that I have notes so that we keep on track. And perhaps we've answered this next part. But if you were to stand in front of a room of wannabe women entrepreneurs, which roadblocks would you warn them about? And what antidotes would you prescribe? And like, this is your business, so I don't want you to give away the farm here. But have we answered that already or do you have a few nuggets maybe that? Uh, yeah, I think I could put out a few nuggets. I think looking for the symptoms of the roadblocks are probably easiest and that's in hesitation and procrastination and 
distraction. So distraction is doing all the other stuff instead of what you know you need to do. And one of the one really useful tool is to start writing about whatever is bothering you. So uh, Brene Brown, in the work that she does, she calls it her shitty first draft, that you, you write down this story of what is going on and what could happen and how things are going to play out. And this is for your eyes only. You're not going to share it with anybody, but you get to say all your worst fears and make up the worst stories that are running around in your head. You get them out on paper and you start to see, well, I don't think that's going to happen. And so that's one, the writing, writing this shitty first draft. But another is just to keep asking yourself your, the question, what's the worst thing that could happen if I did this? And keep on going. Don't stop at one, two, three. Go 10 deep. What's the worst thing that could happen? Because usually what's at the very bottom is death. You're, what you're really afraid of is that if you take action on this, this is going to lead to your, your early demise. And so you really ought to not do it. But when you start to see what the story is that's going on in your head, a lot of times you can just end the story or shift the story, learn how to reframe it and say, well, this person said no, but maybe no doesn't mean no forever. Maybe no means no right now or no, I don't really understand what it is you're trying to help me with. So why would I say yes? Instead of saying, no, I'll never talk to you again or no, you're a bad person. It's interesting about the, I, I do that a lot and I always have is like, what's the worst that can happen? And most recently, <laughs> what you can't see behind me on a flip chart is a list of names of people that I, women I'm going to contact to see if they'll be on podcast. Some of them are pretty big names and a few people have said, you're going to ask who? And I'm going like, I'm going to ask them. Yes. Worst, worst scenario is they say, I don't have time. No, thank you. It's not my thing. Or why would I bother with you? Because right now your podcast is too small. My life yes. doesn't change. I've still got fabulous people like you that say, sure, I'll come on and do a podcast episode with you. So yeah, the, what is the worst that can happen? It's just the worst thing is often that nothing changes. And that's, yes. you know, so you move on to the next. It's okay. Right. That, that, Often, often the worst thing is that nothing changes. And then you can say, well, do I want to stay with the status quo or would I really like to make some effort to change it? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that, Agnes. I think that's, that's very cool and very courageous that you're just reaching out and seeing what happens. Well, hopefully it'll work for people like you too, because they're, uh, they'll bring in people <laughs> who then say, Oh, this is was really good. So what else does this podcast have to offer? And they're going to go like, Oh, who's this Marina Derlich person? Maybe I need to, <laughs> she might be able to help me in my million dollar business. And you work on commission. I, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> going to line you up for wealth here. <laughs> oh, please do, Agnes. I'm all for Okay. What haven't I asked you about transitioning from employee to entrepreneur that is possibly important or that you'd like to add? 
I think I'd just like to be specific about how in the employee world, your responsibilities are so specific and there are so many things that you have no control over that are decided for you because you're in this chain of command or in this company or working on this project. And that is not true in entrepreneurship. All of a sudden, all those things are up for grabs and you need to understand how to, how to navigate all those new decisions because nobody's going to make them for you except you. And that can be really, really scary, really scary. So it's just, it's just learning how to operate in a new world. And one of the things about entrepreneurship is that I think it is the thing that is going to make our regular businesses, our employees in those businesses, better employees is if they all, if everybody learned what it was like to be an entrepreneur, how to think entrepreneurially, then I think our businesses as a whole would be more productive, more innovative, more creative, because it's, it requires somebody show up with all of themselves, not just the part that's going to be closer to a robot or have blinders on when they're thinking about problems. They have to take the blinders off and they have to really show up as who they are and what they can bring to any situation. And that I think is better for everybody. It's like increasing diversity in a, in a workplace more ideas, more ways, more viewpoints, more ways of doing things. I'm just going to add in too that for anybody that's sort of contemplating this is that there are some big scary bits about becoming an entrepreneur and making that transition. But that feeling of accomplishment that you have with your boss's project the feeling of accomplishment when you put together pieces within your very own business and the the becoming an entrepreneur, those wins just feel so much bigger and more exciting and more rewarding. I think that's true, Agnes, because they're yours. Exactly. Yeah. They're really yours. You, you crafted them. You birthed them. You brought them into existence and that is powerful it's it's i guess i'd say another thing that women have difficulty with is standing in their power expressing their power and being an entrepreneur is being powerful and that that that's can be really exciting that wow look at what i created look at what how i'm helping people look at how things are changing because of what i made that's all very, very exciting. Okay, let's just end this podcast and go work on our businesses. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back to the very beginning now. You contacted me about a project. I know your intent on making your business and offerings the best they can be. To that end, you're talking to new and hopeful entrepreneurs. If a listener falls into that category, can they still help you? Can you, like... Can they contact you and give you your fact finding that you you're looking for? Is that still on the go? 
that's still on the go. I think the best way of people contacting me is going to my website, Morena Derlich. That's M as in Mary, A-R-E-N as in Nancy, A, D as in David, R-L-I-K.com, Morena Derlich.com, and go to my contact page, fill it out, and, you know, send me an email. Okay, so I think we've just bypassed that whole thing about where do they find you. Um, th- I always put links in the show notes, so absolutely oh, okay. people, Good. yeah, we'll check that. One last question, and I'm sort of putting you on the spot. Once you've helped someone get to the mindset place where they have actionable steps to overcome the inner demons, do you help them with the outside skills too, or do they go on to other professionals for those areas? I, I prefer that they go on to other professionals for those areas. And in fact, I recommend that they find either a coach that, uh, you know, specializes in beginning entrepreneurs or a group program that does having being a part of a group is really powerful because you're getting to share your experiences with people who are having similar experiences. And it's just nice to know that everybody else is in the same boat, having the same struggles, and we're all going to get through this together. So, I, yeah, I, I, do, I prefer to do the inner work and for somebody else to do the outer work. Great. Okay, so for listeners, if you are in the process or contemplating transitioning from employee to entrepreneur, and you're willing to help Morena out by answering a few questions so that she knows exactly that her her coaching and whatever she's offering is specific to to the needs of entrepreneurs uh, or soon-to-be entrepreneurs, then go to the website. And as I say, that'll be in the show notes. If you have any comments on today's show, leave them where you listen to podcasts, or you can go to twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. And feel free to leave stars too. It helps us grow. Quick reminder that my sabbaticaling co-hosts, I made that word up, I think, didn't I? Uh, Marcy Laika, the story goddess, returns this month with more discussion of the top stories from her career in investigative research and production. So keep your eye out for anything called Marvelous Mondays. And of course, the last Monday of the month belongs to Manly Monday, where my guest is a man with a message for us boomer women and men too. We aren't exclusionary. Morena, so good to talk to you today. Thank you for sharing so much about what stumbles there might be for a midlife woman who's decided to leave the job, air quotes, and pursue this entrepreneurial life. Thank you so much, Agnes, for having me. I had a lot of fun, and I hope what we've created here is helpful to these new entrepreneurs. I'm sure it will be. And if if it isn't, then we've had a good time. <laughs> That's right. We've had a good time anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great rest of week. Thanks. You too, Agnes. Mm-hmm.